0: become a meditator when you realize that death is inevitable and that there's no escaping the fact that everything that you have in this experience is going to be lost or has to be let go of so why not do it now and have fun life becomes what it was always meant to be a thrilling process of discovery and exploration bliss as a basis and question as a direction why do ants do that how come it's you know? How come the bark grows on the north side of the tree? If you notice, in history, a lot of your early scientists were were uh, spiritual people, either Catholic priests or Buddhist uh, or Hindu. Mathematics was zero was invented by a Hindu meditator. The concept of zero. So now the point is, is that there is no point particularly, but it's sure fun. I mean, there's no real point going bowling it's kind of a gas (laughs) unless you've been told that you've got to go bowling so the argumentation here really is suffering is self-created by the illusion of the I thought either over-identifying with or feeling discombobulated by a particular set of skandhas uh, sorry, composites in the moment now as a meditator all you're learning to do is go oh, unpleasant set of skandhas Pleasant setascondas. What makes this setascandas pleasant? What makes this setascandas unpleasant? It's all about how I relate to the current set that's arising, which is all conditioned by your object addiction starting from when you're two, or even actually earlier. So if I serve you a plate of fried crickets and cougar piss would you consider it to be a nice gift? <laughs> Probably not. If I was to serve you a bag of potato chips and a glass of wine, well, they don't go together, but anyway, would you consider that to be a nice <laughs> thing? you go, oh, sensei, nice guy, he's giving me a bag of chips, a glass of wine, what a nice guy. And if I give you a glass of cougar piss and fried crickets, you go, what an asshole. Right? But the, the, the operative relationship to those two offerings depends on whether you're Burmese or whether you're Canadian because the Burmese love fried crickets they eat them like potato chips it's considered like oh fried crickets wow sensei you're fantastic what the cougar piss I made up is a good <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't think of the name of that drink that they they, they drink that. maybe yak uh, what do you call it maybe Tea, you know, kind of rancid butter, salty tea. The Tibetans just drink this stuff like. I, I don't really like it, but. But you know, then you give them a Coke and they go. <coughs> <coughs> but it's relative, right? So, insight meditation, the seventh category or the second branch, however you want to put it. Is, a, is an analytical meditation. Now, breathing meditation can go that way as well. It can go into analytical meditation. But the mistake that most people make who are what I might call amateur meditators is they think that meditation is just allowing your mind to run on, kind of ad infinitum, in no particular direction, for no particular reason, for the half hour that you're going to do it, and you call that meditation. Now, you are going to come out of that feeling better, calmer, clearer than when you went in, in the same way that you would if you went in and washed your face you know you're taking the grease off You're you, even if it's kind of one of these what I call kind of nebulous meditations it still feels better because after the half hour you feel like you've kind of had a little bit of a wash mentally or emotionally and it works but technically it's not really meditation because meditation technically is focused either towards the bliss concentration, calm to bliss or to the insight And so people often find that the meditation doesn't really affect their day-to-day world because they're actually not developing the skills that would be useful in that day-to-day world on the meditation cushion, which is either the bliss or the insight and eventually the marriage of the two. So this leaves us with one word left, I think, for tonight. What is awakening? I don't know. Okay. Any other? <laughs> I don't. It, it's really you can't really define it. But perhaps the best you can say is, is in art, you um, you paint. You don't paint the uh, stand. You paint the space around the stand. What do you mean, Negative art or what negative, space. negative space? Do you know that idea? So meditation is a bit like negative space. You, you can't really paint awakening you can only paint what it isn't now in the process of painting what it isn't you can kind of get an idea of what it is and so what it is from the point of view of the brush painting what it isn't is that it's spacious nothing within consciousness or within our experience as a composite touches that spaciousness in any way no matter how much stuff we put in the box Consciousness remains spacious; that it's uh, blissful yeah? because there's no attachment or aversion to the particular composites that are arising, and that it's luminescent, it's seeable. You know, it's kind of like a you know, in a dark room you can't see anything, right? So it's like you come into a dark room, you turn on the light. Oh, look! That's look, look, look at what you can see. So, in that sense, a normal consciousness normal human consciousness is a bit like groping in the dark from the point of view of the awakening and the awakening is like someone's come in and turn on the lights it doesn't change who you are at all it just changes how you see things like before you thought you were suffering and now you realize it was just gone Wow, oh, that's kind of free no <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that you're dying of cancer maybe but it, now it just means you don't really care all that much Because you were dying of something before you were dying of cancer. Just all this changes the timeline. May you all live to be old and happy. So, bliss, clarity, non-clinging awareness. The other ways they describe it is uh, objectlessness. You can't really find an object in there. They uh, sometimes describe it as like uh, the, the sky when the clouds have disappeared. You know, like the clouds are normal normally you look up you see clouds that's normal consciousness and when the clouds clear you get clear sky which is why we named it that right? so on and so on. so these are some ways to try to describe the awakening experience they assign qualities to the awakening experience they say it has four feelings it doesn't actually have any feeling in it but it manifests as if it has feelings and the four feelings it manifests as if it had loving kindness, compassion empathetic joy and equanimity so these are some attempts so they say that a being who's in an awakened state only has four feelings loving kindness to everybody compassion case by case empathetic joy meaning if you wishing you to be in a good place and equanimity not attached to the results so these are some labels yes the back. i was wondering about uh transcending my physical pain it's the most difficult of all. But it's doable. Now, if, But in order to do it, your concentration and calm has to have been developed very deeply. And if you're in a lot of pain, it's obviously not the time to try to develop it. So you try to develop calm and concentration to transcend pain when you're not in pain. If you're really in a lot of pain, then you probably should take a pill. But when the pain isn't so bad then you try to develop this common concentration in relationship to this composite experience of the sensation now the thing about pain is that it's really just a very intense sensation right you have mild sensation like uh, you know like a pat on the shoulder and that's the very same sensation as a knife into the shoulder except of the intensity and the focus of that sensation and of course what it does To the body but i mean in in, in a sense pain is just really focused and very intense sensation and so if one can experience it as very intense very focused sensation and remain calm and remain concentrated on the spaciousness aspect of it you can transcend the pain but it is very difficult to do no argument about it most difficult thing to transcend is pain i suggest that for most people they just take painkillers if it's um over the top but if it's mild and it's just unpleasant that's a good time to try to you know let go of it breathe into it see the spaciousness find the calm i'm from saskatchewan originally and um we used to as small kids we used to grab each other by the nipples guys boys please and we'd grab each other's nipples and we'd squeeze and twist and turn. Now, it hurts for guys too. Maybe not as much as for girls, but it hurts for guys. And then we'd say whistle. And of course, when you're in pain, the last thing you can do is whistle. (laughs) The only way you could whistle was to let go of the pain feeling, right? Find your calm, wet your whistle, and then we'd let go so this is a very good practice for meditation right? because uh, eventually you learn that if you can let go of the anger or the sadness or the depression or the crushed feeling thing that comes with pain and uh, you can find that space in the mind and that calm in the, in the, in the background of the mind then uh, you can ride it out if it's not too 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 intense. The thing is if pain does get too intense, you pass out. If you have chronic pain that isn't so intense that you pass out, but it's there all the time is a very then you might you, know, you might for, for now anyway, you might be uh, just left with painkillers but it, it is gradually transcendable but uh, yeah it's a hard one. Uh, there was another question. Yes. So this is about the when you die, you lose the body, and you lose the lens, but there's still the feelings and the consciousness and the factors of consciousness and the perception, the perception. So and all those things are separate. No, they arise together. They all. I, I yeah, thank you for bringing that. They all arise together. Um, we break them up simply in order to show that they're composites where there's perception there's consciousness where there's consciousness there's uh, feelings even if the neutral feeling where there's feelings there's something going on where there's consciousness there has to be an object mm. so they rise together okay so then they arise together and there's nobody experiencing them no so there there's somebody exper- there's 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 somebody experiencing them but that but the the person the 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 thing <laughs> Mm -hmm. That which is experiencing the consciousness isn't identifying it as a separate, independent, actually existent thing. It's It's a labeling process. But it's contained. Within the label, yeah. Like in the same way that a Honda is contained within the label Honda, but in fact, it's not a Tanya, it's a composite. Then, when I'm dead, then there is no more. No, you can't be dead because there was no you to be born. (laughs) There were composites that arose along with a physical formation that arise. In the same way that it's like when when the ice turns into water, does the ice die, or is the ice still there in latent form? So think of it in terms of ice and water, right? It's that like when you're alive, you're an ice cube, and when you're dead, you're water. So from the world of ice cubes, you've disappeared. As far as all these other ice cubes are concerned, you're gone. Mm -hmm. But from the point of view of water, nothing's changed except the form's shifted. Now this metaphor doesn't really work because water's still kind of a form. But imagine if the water turns to steam. So you can consider that the world you live in is the world of ice cubes, the world of deities which are transitional meditation objects in order to disabuse you of the fact that, that you're merely an ice cube are water and that the nature of the awakened consciousness itself is evaporated steam everything's still there it's just not particularly visible and then you get condensation right <laughs> and then all of a sudden you got water again you're back but you're not back as the same you're not the same ice cube you can't go, on. hey, in my previous lifetime, I was a cherry ice cube. Mm-hmm. You know. So why does everybody in their previous lifetime Cleopatra? How come nobody's like <laughs> Susan the Ditch Digger? <laughs> it's like Nobody remembers their previous lifetime as like Joe the Mass Murderer. <laughs> now from the point of view of consciousness, you are the steam, and you are the Mass Murderer. You are the Hitler. You are the Mother Tracy. You are the Genghis Khan, you are the uh, Rabbi, so and so, or whatever. You're all, you're every, From the point of view of the steam, you're all of them. As as ice cubes, you're quite different. And the karma, the karma of the ice cube of a Hitler, is going to create certain kinds of ice cubes in the future. But it's not like Hitler's yeah. reborn. The tendency to stupidity is reborn, or ignorance. Mm-hmm. And and in the same way that wisdom is reborn, tends to be reborn in wisdom, like the Dalai Lamas. So, your argumentation is simply we're trying to move you away from the Hitler and towards the Dalai Lama because it's better for everybody, mm-hmm. but fundamentally, in essence, there's no difference between the steam that is Hitler and the steam that is the, the Dalai Lama, but because at that level the Hitler's long gone. Mm-hmm. gone and the Dalai Lama is long gone. You only have this kind of steam coil, and the the, the causes and conditions and the factors that produce a Hitler are basically just really intense stupidity linked with really dumb feelings and your job in this lifetime is to move your boat <laughs> more towards the using the Dalai Lama as an example to move your state over to the Dalai Lama and away from the, the because when you're hurt and angry and someone smacks you your tendency is to what? get upset and maybe what? maybe hit them back ah, and now you're Hitler Right? I mean, if you follow the argument, I'm not saying you're going to go kill a million people, but if you let your pain determine your behavior to hurt another person, you're on the Hitler road. Maybe not that bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm making this sound, but you know what I mean? If you can transcend your pain and try to bring in that kind of wisdom and compassion and more understanding and transcend that, then you're on the road to the, the you're on the Dalai Lama road but at death it all reverts the theme so it's a choice now this is the key to the whole awakening process it's a choice you can choose to nourish your pain and hold it and you know in the minute anybody treats you badly to get even or all that I mean, it has a certain karmic result yeah or you can choose to go look I'm enough of this shit. You know, I'm tired of anger I'm tired of ill will I'm tired of frustration I'm tired of you know this. I'm choosing a different direction and if you're willing to go with me on that cool and if you're not cool but (laughs) i'm not i'm not going to be subject to suffering anymore based on either intentional or or unintentional hurt you have to make the choice to give that one up in the same way a heroin addict has to choose to give up heroin or uh, fill in the blank and so in that sense karma in sanskrit they say karma is chetna and chetna means will or decision so karma your future karma is the decision you make today we're just saying this is anger I recognize it for anger I accept that it's anger I accept that it's arising in the Mm being but I'm not going to I am not going to make the decision to act that out I'm going to try and move consciousness over here to loving kindness in spite of the bad deal it doesn't mean the anger goes away but it means you made a decision to not reinforce or to justify or rationalize or excuse yourself for a negative state which is only going to give it conditions and causes in the future and say well I'll be weak no you're not weak, it takes incredible strength to do that It's, it's weak to just lash out and hit back it takes strength to move past that but the movies don't show you that because the people who make the movies are weak yes it's a beginner's question good I love beginners well, beginner's mind zen mind can you have addictive thoughts like a thought pattern running in the mind That's you could pretty much say that every thought you have is addictive no oh, definitely well. the thoughts, feelings uh, all of it's addictive in the sense that it's out of your control well how do because a friend did something a month ago that hurt me a lot yeah so I I'm got away from the desire to get back yeah <laughs> we got through that and didn't uh-huh. so i just stayed in touch uh-huh. you know courteously kept the contact up but I find myself constantly thinking about trying to understand what was going on what to do it's like just running around in a, like a yeah yeah and, and 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 that's that's so normal and so human and so understandable but fundamentally you're not getting young enough the person experiencing it is a two-year-old mm-hmm. I've been hurt. And so you're trying to solve a two-year-old's feeling with a 30- or 40-year-old, (laughs) a mature person's mindset. You can't do it. So what you have to do is you have to accept the two-year-old's response to it, not just the Mm -hmm. 50-year-old's logic. So you go, okay, ow! Yay, that makes me want to cry. That hurt. Ow! Hmm. Okay, I forgive you. Did it bring tears? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you go, okay, yeah, but you know they're not doing it on purpose. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, when someone hurts you, they're not doing it on purpose. They're hurt, and you're like an animal with you know you get a, a, some, a something in their hand, and you try to take it out, and it hurts them, so they go right. They're not doing it to hurt you. You're just they're hurt. And they're just in reaction. Mm-hmm. So if your friend hurt you, 99.9% likely that they're not trying to hurt you. They're just they're reacting to something, a pain in their being, and they lashed out and they scratched you, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And on that basis, then it's easy to forgive them. However, I would talk to her. That's where compassion comes in. Loving kindness is easier. You go, I love her anyway, or him, or mm-hmm. right. But compassion says, look at. You know, Mary, uh, this action from last week or whenever, it really, really hurt. It was really painful. Mm -hmm. But of course, if we admit pain, we admit what? Mm -hmm. Vulnerability and lack of control and we're weak. And if we're weak and we're vulnerable and we have no control, we're losers. And so I can't admit I'm hurt because that makes me a loser. i got to look like I can handle everything, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, what kids learn to do. You know, they learn to hold their pain as well. I'm okay I'm fine <laughs> yeah. and of course it seems strong but, but then the, uh, all, that, all that happens is the feelings gets internalized the pain gets internalized so on and so on and you take it out on somebody else later somebody you don't know so well so now tomorrow someone cuts you off on the highway and you scream at him because you couldn't admit that you were hurt two weeks ago by your friend because you know what I mean and so you acknowledge it and then you then you can address it and then you call your friend up you wait until you, <laughs> you wait till you get your breath <laughs> count to 10 as my mother used to say and then you call him up and you say Look, you know I just have to say that uh, I am not saying that you meant to do it or that you had ill intent but that and that was really really hurt and then uh, that's not a weak statement that's a statement of strength that it says I am so strong that I can admit complete vulnerability uh, and and not be destroyed by that or made to feel diminished by that. In, in one way you could say that awakening is the ability to be hurt infinitely, absolutely to the core of your being and let it go. And then you're only left with one feeling after that. Loving kindness. You just You understand everybody's doing this to everybody all the time. You don't take when you come on us, you don't, do. don't take when you come on us, you, do. you don't take when you come on us. Sabe, do. sit us, keep on to. May you be well and happy. For more information, please visit clear That's clearskycenter.org. That's C L E A R S K Y C E N T E R.org. Thank you.